Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome back to the Security Token Show. I can't wait to dive into another episode here in sunny Miami, Florida. I'm your host, Kyle Sondland, joined, as always, by my co-host, Herwig Konings. And we have a real doozy of a main topic coming at you this week, the Jobs Act. We're going to see some serious changes to accredited investors, but we'll get into that later in the episode. For now, we want to talk about Realty the sponsor of this week's episode. You may know Realty. We've covered them all the time here on the podcast. Why? Because they're the largest tokenized real estate issuer in the world. They've done over 150 tokenized properties. These are single family homes, multi-family properties, as well as some commercial as well here in the United States. And what they're doing is they're taking these properties, they're fractionalizing them, creating tokens that they're selling to some in the U.S., but mostly international investors who are buying into U.S. real estate and getting a dividend paid out via stablecoin into their wallets daily based off of the rental income. These, this is a fascinating structure. It's worked incredibly well, and we're fortunate to have them as a sponsor because this is a leading real asset tokenization provider in the market. So if you don't know anything about Realty or you want to learn more, follow them on socials or go to Realty.co for more information. They're based just in Boca, right here in South Florida. Always, always thankful to our sponsors for making this show possible. And with that, I think we can get right into it, Kyle. Let's go to the top five. So for article number one, this is a really, really cool new security token coming to market from Investa X. They're based in Singapore, and essentially what they did is they took a board eight. This is a multi-hundred thousand dollar NFT picture of a monkey that was based here in Miami Beach, actually, the founders, by the way. But they've taken a monkey JPEG and they're fractionalizing it. You can now invest just, I think it's a thousand shares of the IXAPE is the ticker, IXAPE tokens that are gonna be trading on IXSwap, which is the decentralized exchange built by InvestaX's platform. And they are selling what is, I think, the first fractionalized NFT that is compliant and issued as a security token. This is fascinating and amazing stuff from IXSwap and InvestaX. Absolutely super cool. It's board eight number 2371 if you want to go check it out. They're actually naming them Howie Tez in honor <laughs> of the future of Web3 and digital security. Relevant for later in the main top. Absolutely agree. Number two, we've got Digital Funds, the company that is seeking to launch tokenized S&P 500 funds, folks. This is a huge deal. The founders have recognized that there is no digital securities uh, marketplace asset that they think is of high class and institutional quality. So they're starting with the to- by tokenizing the S&P 500, mm. a pretty obviously high grade, known, well-known investment to Wall Street, and it'll be on Algorand being tracked for the ownership, taking advantage of the benefits of digital securities. And for that, I think that's awesome. 
Yeah, it's structured as a 75-25, which means that 75% of the assets in the fund are going to be invested into the S&P 500 level assets. And then 25 is actually going into BTC futures. So they're going to be getting some exposure to Bitcoin, suggesting that maybe the Bitcoin as an asset might have uh, broken into the S&P, if you ask them. Number three, we've got a metaverse security token offering. This is coming from Limitless, which is a startup, essentially, platform that is going to be a launch pad for new, you know, new issuers to come to market and drive their startups through getting exposure, as well as some of the the kind of accelerator style of, of services that are being provided to it. And so Limitless is going to be providing all this digitally through the metaverse, and they're issuing a security token offering, which is going to represent an index or a portfolio of all of these underlying companies. So it's almost as if you could invest into Y Combinator and get exposure into all of the portfolio companies underneath. Or similarly, we actually saw Republic do a security token offering via the Republic Note, with which they are actually providing exposure to the underlying portfolio companies they've worked with before. So this is following a similar model, leveraging the metaverse and using a security token offering. So shout out to Limitless for making number three. Targeting to help over 300 startups get into the metaverse. That's a lot. That's awesome. Number four, we have blockchain.com, one of the bigger names in the crypto exchange world. They are officially on track for an IPO this year. And that's pretty big news. Everybody's got their eyes on major crypto companies since Coinbase has gone public. And now, whether it's crypto.com, whether it's at one of the other major players, blockchain.com is going to beat them to the punch maybe with their own IPO. Another major sign, as we're talking about, that uh, Wall Street is starting to adopt crypto. Coming just on the heels of their Series D, valuing them at $14 billion. So clearly the IPO is going to be a significant level higher, which makes it a serious player in the blockchain space. Significant presence in Miami too, gotta love them for that. And number five, we have the largest bond ever priced via security token based in Singapore. This is a $100 million five-year bond. It's got about a 3.5% coupon rate associated with it. It's going to be issued on April 27th and will last over the course of the next five years through 2027. And that's in partnership between Singtel, who's the issuer and the bank behind it. You've got UOB, who's the manager of the actual issuance. And then, of course, one of the biggest players in the security token space and and presumably one of the largest in Singapore, ADDX, formerly iStocks, who is a leader in issuance of tokenized securities. They have their own marketplace trading dozens of funds and other structures based in Singapore. So ADDX is going to be managing the issuance and actually providing the tokenization services. Who doesn't love more green corporate bonds, baby? And don't go anywhere. We've got more industry news now with John Pittman. Welcome back to my side of the blockchain. I'm John Pippen here with the industry news updates. Hear me out. Now, I know Eves is our resident metaverse expert, but I have some news that is less fun than what he talks about, but reveals the real dangers with businesses offering NFTs that could potentially be securities. So there's Sands Vegas Casino Club, a casino that operates purely in the metaverse. Apparently, the NFT that they were selling ended up actually being securities, and that was ruled by the financial regulators in Texas and Alabama. Don't mess with Texas. So apparently, the two owners of the casino offered 11,111 NFTs for sale, promising that buyers would share in future casino profits. We all know that's a no-no. On its website, Sands Vegas Casino Club says it will distribute 50% of profits to NFT holders as creator earnings, estimated that these could be as high as $81,000 per year. Needless to say, they received a cease and desist. On the opposite end of the spectrum, it was just announced that the FINMA licensed six digital exchange inked a partnership with DARA, a Swiss equity tokenization platform. According to the press release, 
DARG companies will be able to issue digital equity securities in SDX's regulated central securities depository. Now, this is good for a few reasons. For one, this provides the opportunity for secondary liquidity through SDX's depository, which in turn will allow them to issue bankable private securities and manage a share registry and cap table through a consolidated workflow. As a result of SDX's coordination of processes, companies will be able to increase investor visibility and reduce time to market. The CEO for DARA stated that with this partnership between SDX and DARA, another building block was added to the Swiss digital asset ecosystem. So a while back on one of my segments, I mentioned that the SEC had put forth amendments that were meant to expand the definition of exchanges, basically in an effort to start including certain crypto exchanges that were selling unregistered securities. Well, a few people believe those same amendments were not written properly. One of those people, or firms, shall I say, was Consensus, who have publicly objected to the regulatory amendments, believing that the language of the rule change could affect decentralized networks. The firm made it clear that it takes issue with the language of the rule, not the rule change itself. It does not believe that the SEC intends to define exchanges so broadly. It's just saying that it noted that the rule change does not explicitly mention crypto, DeFi, or even blockchain. That's weird. Like I said, they're not by themselves. Since February, the SEC has received 125 letters concerning this matter. The SEC, they just stay in hot water. And lastly, there was some news that may have slipped under the radar. So apparently there was a lawsuit against Binance by U.S. residents claiming that the tokens they bought should have been subject to U.S. security laws. Well, the U.S. District's Court for the Southern District of New York did not agree. Binance is based in Malta, but the plaintiffs argued that the Binance hosted on a U.S.-based Amazon web service while the Ethereum blockchain facilitated certain transactions for Binance. The court found that using third-party servers located at sites of that third party's choosing was not enough to deem Binance a national securities exchange. Ultimately, this means that offshore companies can access U.S.-based computer infrastructure without subjecting themselves to U.S. jurisdiction. Take that as you will. Also take these security token offering updates from the T-Spill and Megan. I'll catch you guys next week on the other side of the blockchain. And greetings from the security token metaverse. We have a lot of news this week, so let's get into it. First, I want to remind you that an all new spill in the NFT is out tomorrow. I want to address the rumors as well. Yes, our meta yacht did in fact burn down. We found out through only Indade on Instagram. It's truly a story I could not make up. But we are now back with a bigger boat, and we are excited that the show will continue to go on. And everyone was safe, so that's what matters. But back to the stock market of the metaverse. First up, we have Global Cap Cannabis Capital. They have announced they are ditching IPO plans and will issue security tokens instead. That is very exciting for the industry. Global Cannabis Capital, a Luxembourg-based company with operations in Latin America, involved in the marijuana business, planned to issue security tokens representing its stock on the Ethereum blockchain. This means the company is ditching its originally planned IPO that was scheduled in Canada for next year. Regulatory issues and time factored heavily into this decision to tokenize. Both are aspects that we frequently tell businesses are benefits of an STO. The fund CEO, Andres Israel, spoke that GCC decided to pursue a security token offering in Luxembourg where regulations are in favor of both cannabis and the issuance of securities using a blockchain. Tokenized securities allow pot companies to broaden their funding sources. The tokens issued, unlike other cryptocurrencies, are backed by the issuer's assets or equity. In, GCC, in GCC's case, they plan to create 100,000 tokens to reflect its capital stock to complete this offering. According to the fund's CEO, they will likely sell 6% of its equity tokens in several private placements over the next three years. The first placement is expected to be completed in early May, 
Meanwhile, over 100 investors have purchased tokenized securities in a presale last month, causing GCC to be valued at $25 million. Funds raised from this token issuance will help them expand into new markets. They plan to use the token sale to grow its portfolio to roughly 40 companies this year, and they have already invested in over $700,000 in 28 Latin American cannabis companies providing startups with services in exchange for equity. Of the companies that GCC has invested in, only about a quarter actually grow cannabis. They're more in line with investing in consumer goods, avoiding the recreational marijuana sector. Consequently, they intend to expand its reach into Switzerland, Canada, and the American states of Colorado and California. The fund is expected to make its first earnings next year with GCC reinvesting in new and existing brand ownership positions. This information is from The Tokenist, where you can read the full details on this offering. Next up, I wanna highlight the European Digital Assets Exchange, something we don't frequently talk about. They have a huge portfolio of security token offerings in the pipeline, everything from Italian fashion brands to digitized copper mining. We are seeing many products come out of the European market. EDSX is the first platform in Europe with a primary and secondary market offered to retail and institutional investors in compliance with Swiss securities laws. You can learn more about their full portfolio of offerings and see everything they're bringing to the security token space at edsx.ch. That is all this week. You can hit me up at tips at stomarket.com or at Megan Nivold on Twitter. In the meantime, I'll see you next week. And I'm going to pass this over to Sam Sachs for an electric market update. Hello and happy Monday. The market cap this week is up an astounding 10% to $19.8 billion. If you thought the $18 billion mark was a big deal, just wait until we reach 20. Last week, the sixth digital exchange, SDX, the world's first fully regulated FMI digital asset exchange, announced a partnership with Dora, a Swiss equity tokenization platform. Dora companies will be able to issue digital equity securities in SDX's Regulatory Central Securities Depository, or CSD. SDX will provide Dora SMEs with access to secondary liquidity through SDX's centralized depository, allowing them to issue bankable private securities and manage their share registry and cap table through a consolidated workflow. As a result of SDX's coordination of processes, companies will be able to increase investor viability and reduce time to market, one of the top benefits of security tokens. In other news, two U.S. law firms have filed a lawsuit against Uniswap, suing the decentralized exchange and its backers, including famed VC firms like A16Z and Paradigm, for violating security laws by offering and selling securities in the form of digital tokens. DeFi protocols have been target of many SEC investigations over the potential sale of unregulated securities in the past. This will prove to be a huge net positive for security tokens, as none of this is a concern. All trading tokens that you see on stmmarket.com pass the regulatory loopholes. There's no need to worry about any issues with Gary Gensler and the SEC. They pass it all. They did all the tough trouble in the beginning, so they don't have to be concerned. There's a strong reason to believe that this is going to provide the market with the hockey stick growth as once companies realize that security tokens are the play for a host of reasons. You don't have to worry about investigation. You don't have to worry about any trouble. Investors are going to pile on. 
And that's why security tokens truly are heading on to a huge, huge growth period. That's all for now, but I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I will see you next Monday. Wakey wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Evankov. The US Air Force files a trademark application for Operation Spaceverse. And no, this is not a movie, this is facts. Even more so, I shall read the trademark application verbatim. A secure digital metaverse that converges terrestrial and space physical digital realities and provides synthetic and simulated extended reality training, testing, operations, and environments. Following that, China launches a metaverse lab where they say it's for research of future of the media technology, metaverse technology, and other metaverse fields, which I'm guessing means let's get ahead and fast as possible. Next up, Anheuser-Busch joins a metaverse bandwagon, and according to the trademark filing, Budweiser plans to offer NFTs. We remember when they bought that domain, beer.eth, which was legendary, and I hope the online gaming services and art expositions are going to match that energy. Next, the metaverse has its first homeless man, and his name is Will. And he is placed there by the Entourage Network, and which is a French nonprofit, and their goal is just to raise awareness for homelessness. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Vancol. And now it's time for our Companies of the Week oh, yeah. segment. This is where Herwig and I pick our two biggest companies that we want to spotlight and highlight for some interesting moves in the space that you do not want to miss. So, Herwig, take it away. Who you got? Uh, I got to give it to the Japan Stock Exchange. Folks, the operator behind the Tokyo Stock Exchange and many other uh, huge investment activities out of Japan. And they partnered up with Nomura using their Boostery platform to launch a corporate green bond, of course, through an STO. So this is awesome news. We've well long covered now Japan's rise in the security token industry, and it's great to see an actual major exchange operator start to leverage the technology themselves. Now it's not just the investment banks, but it's all in now here with the Japan Stock Exchange saying security tokens are the future. And for that, they are my company of the week. So we had Singapore in our top five making, you know, issuing a $100 million bond through a bunch of players there. We also have JPX getting involved in corporate debt offerings. SockGen has, has done their fair share of things. And certainly with all the, the digital currencies and stable coins being created by a lot of these investment banks, there's just so much movement in that space. Yeah. We're going to keep bringing you all of that action. But Kyle, who did you pick? So I went kind of the exact opposite route and went with DowSwap. This is a decentralized exchange that they're actually going to be providing support for security tokens. They're also an issuance platform that's going to be helping issue compliant registered securities. And they're doing that cross-chain. They're starting with Tron, BSC, Polygon, and Ethereum. So they're trying to launch multi-chain assets. We've covered that here on the show, where, as you know, with a security token, we're talking about a real security, right? An investment contract. This is a financial asset. The, The digital component, the blockchain piece, while super useful for automating a lot of the compliance isn't necessary from an immutability perspective. We need the ability to reissue or do whatever. So in the same way, we could potentially issue on multiple different blockchains, whichever you prefer. DowSwap is along the same lines, and they're actually working hopefully with Venezuela in order to get a national government to support and embrace the technology. At this point, it's not officially partnered with Venezuela, but they are considering working with this firm or other ones in general. So cool to see that that government getting involved. 
and DAOSwap will be launching their decentralized exchange, as I mentioned, and like their name suggests, are going to have a governance structure with a DAO so that you can help control and govern the moves moving forward. So for all those reasons, DAOSwap, my company. Who saw that one coming? I think that's a great, <laughs> great choice. Bringing a lot of innovation technology to the DAO space and compliantly at that, gotta love it. Hopefully they uh, help out Venezuela there. With that, Kyle, I think let's get into our main topic for the show. Jobs Act. What do you know about it? Happens to be the very thing that brings crowdfunding and security tokens to the world today, at least here in the United States. It was passed in 2012 and set up the infrastructure and the rules that allowed for these new exemptions, including retail crowdfunding for businesses like we are using for our very own media company behind this show, Security Token Market. Uh, and so for all those reasons, we have to be very thankful to the JOBS Act. But it wasn't perfect on delivery, was it, Kyle? Now we're actually looking at a new bill release, looking at the JOBS Act 4.0. So let's talk about the fact that alongside crowdfunding, which was certainly a game changer in embracing the ability to have the crowd fund your project, the biggest adoption of the JOBS Act was probably Reg D 506C, right? So this is the exemption that allows you to raise as much money as you'd like, uncapped. Billions if you wanted. But it comes with a cost. And that cost is that you have to be accredited only as an investor. And so the accredited investor definition has been a contentious topic since the launch of the JOBS Act. It currently stands at an income level requirement. And that's really the only way that you can get accredited aside from some investment banking licenses that was recently just added. But for the most part, you need to have a certain level of income. What is that again, Herwig? It's $200,000 a year for at least two years or with your spouse, 300000 Right. So you have to be a rich person, basically. And the way that the government looks at it is they say, well, you've got enough money to lose, so we're not going to you know, monitor you as, as strictly as we would somebody that maybe has more to lose, despite the fact that like any old person can go to Vegas and gamble away everything or buy lottery tickets. Right. So there's been a lot of kind of complaints around the fact that this doesn't actually really help anybody, and you're only just forcing them into less viable opportunities to make money. And some argue, that that's a, a big reason why there's some of these wealth gap issues around the world, but certainly here in the United States in this regard. And so because of that, this Jobs Act 4.0, Pat Toomey, Pat Toomey's from Pennsylvania, he's a senator, and he put forth this proposal to expand the accredited investor definition, therefore making more people able to invest. I think you're jumping right into one of the favorite things about this bill, folks, but there's actually over two dozen measures that this brought up into this bill, that wow. being just one of them, actually. Uh, so very good job, Pat Toomey, for continuing the good fight and trying to make the JOBS Act a, a better thing. And that is, let's jump right into that one. That's a big one. The accredited investor definition, you can also have a million dollars in net worth, not including your primary residence, to also qualify for this. And that's, as Kyle put it, the way you can qualify for the riskiest investments in the world, according to the SEC, they just also happen to be some of the potentially most lucrative. Uh, and of course, for years, people have been saying, why can't I become an accredited investor, perhaps through some kind of a test? Or why is it that only they are allowed to invest when we clearly have the opportunity to, to buy lottery tickets and buy what we want? So we saw regulation, crowdfunding come about and such. But now they're going after the heart of the accredited investor by expanding upon it, uh, by actually enabling potentially an exam, which would be huge. Mm. The idea that you can take a test, you've been in this space for a long time, you read a textbook, you're, you understand investing in the risks. Well, if you can prove you understand that, 
you should be able to pass the test and go ahead and be an Acroma Credit Investor. Now, for those of who are not really ready to go to that level, but still they see the opportunity to invest in something that could be huge, well, Toomey has suggested that everybody be able to invest in Reg D investments, not mm. just the credit investors, at wow. least up to 10% of their income. So I think that's another big one here. Massive. Credit investor definition, get an attack, Jobs Act 4.0, maybe we're gonna make it better. Yeah, so I guess that's there's two ways you could attack this process, right? You could make the accreditation standard easier to reach, potentially through an education component, which I think really makes a lot of sense, right? Realistically, of course, I think that there's a fair argument to be made that if you have enough money that you can just get away with making a risky investment, sure. But I think that there should be other ways to say, you know what, instead of you saying I can just lose all my money, how about I suggest that I'm educated enough to be able to spend my money how I want to, right? So this is that kind of education component, which I think is fascinating. We've talked about this on the show before. Maybe We've even, even recommended it. We've recommended it. We, we, I think I remember specifically us having the conversation around graduate degrees or, or something like that that would suggest, yes, you know what? I am sophisticated enough to invest on my own behalf. They have suggested their own exam, which is fascinating, but does require some additional oversight in order to facilitate that, right? So you're gonna have to set up a, a governing body there and do all that stuff. But as you mentioned, that's only one piece of the puzzle. You could increase the accreditation opportunities or you could just increase the general investing opportunities because of the success of crowdfunding, because of the success of cryptocurrency and how active retail investors have been in that space or NFTs or any of these different things. Why not create more opportunities for them to participate in these things? I think that potentially up to 10% into Reg D or 10% of your income into Reg D, no matter who you are, is definitely a huge game changer huge. and would allow a ton more access for the average person and also would allow companies to raise much more efficiently from their actual customers as opposed to from just VCs. And this is where it comes to, right? It's called the Jobs Act for a reason. By enabling more investment into more businesses, businesses can grow and create yeah. Jumpstart our business startups act, right? Jobs. So with that, hopefully we're going to see those changes happen. And actually, there are maybe two more worth mentioning. Fire away. Uh, quarterly uh, reporting companies publicly would be allowed to switch and elect to switch to a semi-annual public For any public company. For any public company. Interesting. So that would be major. You know, the idea that you don't have to be completely focused on this quarterly performance and, and be able to draw out a larger strategy and not necessarily get valued by Wall Street on, on such you know, microscopic kind of focus. Mm. And then the other one I think is worth mentioning, also very interesting, but not, not popular, not very well known, is allowing VCs to invest in other VCs without forcing them to do registration requirements and such mm. things. So two fund more- Fund to fund structures, things like so, that. So two more, exactly right. Two more major things that could happen with this Jobs Act 4.0 bill and a bunch more stuff. You can go check it out. We don't have enough time to cover on the show. Yeah. Uh, but I think obviously those two don't compare to the fact that if Reg D changes, so that the accredited investor definition allows more people to qualify and you allow more people to invest in Reg D, that's pretty damn awesome. So if you agree, there is, you can make an impact on this. Like it's, this is not something that just happens in isolation. Write letters to your local senators, to your regulators, contribute online, 
to help assist in these conversations showing that you are in support of this because your votes matter to these regulators. So if, if they understand that there's value in doing this because they will earn your support and maintain that support over time, that's what makes these changes happen. And this is a game changer for just everyone in general. This is more equitable. This is a fairer financial system and it just makes sense for everyone. So contribute how you can, always be supporting. And certainly if you like the show, support us too. I completely support this bill myself, even if one of the components actually gets rid of the requirement to verify whether you're an accredited investor, which just so happens to be that I launched a business in that space doing exactly that. So even though I would get hurt from this bill, I still support it because of the benefits for Americans to be able to invest in Reg D opportunities or qualify as an accredited investor in general true if they know what they're doing. So love all of this. With that, if you have any other questions, feedback, thoughts, definitely reach out to us. Kyle and I, we are on all social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everything else. Uh, and of course, stm.co now, mm. folks. stomarket.com is how you know it, but now it's just stm.co. I like just five. stm.co. You can go good. check that out uh, and get all the latest information on security tokens. What are the tokens trading at? What's the latest news? And everything else from our community, like Discord and everything else, go check that out. Like, comment, subscribe, share the love. We really would appreciate it. We put so much effort into this between all of us here on the show, from the faces of the production, as well as to everyone behind the scenes. Your love and support means the world to us. So please share this with anybody in your network that you think it would be relevant for, and we'll talk to you next week. With that, happy tokenizing. (laughs) 